0: back to married with children the podcast and uh exciting in studio today we have elizabeth freeman Kamick, um and we're going to talk a a variety of different things from the funeral industry and mortuary science to her role as a deputy deputy coroner um, and a little bit of true crime stuff where i know that both of our passions uh uh kind of meet up a little bit (laughs) yeah hello so yeah so welcome to the show Elizabeth we're excited to have you um along with us we have uh my wife as always Callie hello and Callie we had some fun yesterday and got to go up to uh special dogs and more yeah in Columbus and kind of invade their territory and if you haven't been up there go up and see our friends at special dogs and more they've got a really cool mission um that they train uh special needs uh individuals to go get uh, other jobs in the restaurant industry mm-hmm. and uh, it's great food, it's a lot of fun and um if if you go on a day that Rachel is there you are sure to be entertained. <laughs> yes,
1: yes, you are. It was good. It, it the food was good, the service was awesome. They were we had a great time. The the kids had fun, so it was good.
0: All right, and before we come back to uh talk to Elizabeth a little bit, let's thank our sponsors. We've all heard horror stories about insurance companies and insurance agents. Let me tell you about my family's agent, Tommy Taylor. Tommy is an agent at Indiana Farm Bureau Insurance and is a multi-line agent that can keep all your insurance in one place. Why is a dedicated agent so important? When you have the unexpected occur, you'd much rather know the person on the other end of the phone. Contact info for Tommy. 812-372-4483 at extension 2447 or look him up on Facebook at Tommy Taylor, Indiana Farm Bureau Insurance. Don't be another horror story. Stop knocking on wood and relying on a 1-800 number. Trust Tommy Taylor today. Miller's Termite and Pest Control is the only place you need to look for pest control. Don't get roped into contracts or high prices with the big companies. Reach out to someone who cares about you. They can handle any problem from termites, bed bugs, ants, spiders, etc., they also do lawn care. Where else can you keep the bugs out of your house and your yard looking sharp? Reach out to them today on Facebook at Miller's Termite and Pest Control, email at pest-n-peace underscore at yahoo.com, or by phone at 812-767-5657. Looking for a new tattoo? Looking for a professional piercer to add to your body art? There's no reason to drive to Indy or Louisville. Just visit Beauty from Ashes Tattoo Parlor in Crothersville, Indiana. Beauty for Ashes is located just past the Dollar General on Highway 31. Stop in and check out the amazing work done by all four artists at the shop. Each artist has a unique and personal style, but all do amazing work. The shop is family-friendly, so don't hesitate to bring your kids or loved ones with you when you stop by to get some ink. Check out all the artists' work on their Facebook page and book an appointment today with either Kyle, Martha, Billy, or Lily. You won't be disappointed. Beauty for Ashes Tattoo Parlor, Crothersville, Indiana. And I will add to that. There is another great artist at Beauty from Ashes uh, Tattoo Parlor now, the uh, Kansas uh, mm. that I haven't added to the list. Um, need to update that. But he yeah. just started a couple months ago, and I've seen some of his work, and he does some pretty amazing work as well. So, and again, welcome to the show, uh, Elizabeth. And Hello. we are excited to have you. Thank um, you. First thing I want to start with is. Uh, to ask you a little bit about what kind of got you started into the funeral business and what intrigued you to go into that realm.
2: Well I was always attracted to the science part of school more the science classes Mm -hmm. and uh, you know I was always kind of uh, a little different from the other students and You know, at first it started out something to be different from everyone else. And then I gained a respect for it and a love for it and Mm -hmm. continued to check in about it. And here we are.
1: Very cool.
0: And it is. And I kind of said this before we got on the air. It's it's a multifaceted, you know, career path because there's a lot that goes into it. And can you kind of tell us what all it entails?
2: Well, it it entails you're dealing with uh, deceased individuals, Mm -hmm. you're dealing with their families, and you're dealing with the in-between of, you know, where they are and the plans the family wants and getting that taken care of. You know, you're really an event planner, so to speak, except for weddings, it's
1: death. Well, I mean, because you are, I mean, and correct me if I'm wrong, you are pretty much responsible for like if someone passes away, I mean, do you go pick them up wherever, I mean, like at yes. the hospital or wherever it is? Yes, you would pick them up. I mean, so then you are basically, I mean, taking care of them with it, the, you know, doing sure. doing all of that kind of stuff that it entails from when the person dies. You know like and you pick them up and then obviously the funeral the viewing the funeral whatever they have there and then like the cremation or the burial part of it yes like that whole part
2: correct our job is from when you know a family first contacts us Mm -hmm. and says that they need our services until the final disposition whether that be burial cremation cremation then burial right there's a lot that you can do in between or steps that have to be taken absolutely
0: and so not only you are you're, you're exactly right you've got you know the event planning mm-hmm. obviously the mortuary science portion yes um and then you know the grief counseling and everything and, yeah. and yes. how do you go about that with a family that you know especially you know those unexpected uh situations how do you go right. about supporting them and and taking care of them
2: yeah a lot of times there's not a lot of support you can offer them you know the worst thing has happened and you know while we do have to do be grief counselors you know our job is more of let me help you guide you through this right and get you through this right and whatever you need after that we can give you resources for but you know that's really when the grief begins so to speak you know when a death occurs and the time that we have a family's loved one in our care if it's something tragic a lot of times the families do not process you know oh, even I'm if sure. it's not
1: tragic you it, it's know. like they they haven't processed it yet sure. i'm sure until the final resting place when and that then family
2: goes home and the and phone the days, calls stop yeah. and you know yeah. the, the food's gone that everybody's brought you that's Absolute, when it really sets absolutely. in
1: And I just, I always think, you know, like going to a funeral home, um, like I just, it is so hard for me. I mean, like one of my friend's mother just passed away and it's like just going, even though I really didn't know her mom. I mean, like, Uh it's just like, like I want to, I cry just seeing them cry. So like, Uh I just don't know how you do that because i mean that's so hard for me yeah you know i mean like you and i'm sure obviously you get used to it sure and that kind of thing but i mean i'm just like oh my gosh like it's just emotionally i mean
2: it's strange you know it's hard to describe it you know you you do try to disassociate yourself from a situation in your head psychologically sometimes you know um Children deaths were a lot easier to deal with before I had a child I because can see that. before I was like well I don't know what this love is right. You know I don't understand this love right. all right. I can do is help you yeah but now that I'm a parent it's just like oh I couldn't imagine know. losing a child right yeah I, I, agree. I can understand that so it's it's changing it's ongoing mm-hmm. you know how you process with things yourself and
1: yeah
0: and then is it is it difficult for you being in the same town that you grew up in? because you you know a lot of those people you're working with
2: yeah but in a way it's nice because it's like oh well I know how this person should look Uh, oh yeah okay I I know Mrs. So-and-so never wore a lot of cosmetics or you know I did remember she always had that bright lipstick on or you know so you do know details like that Uh uh-huh and when you're working different hours all day yeah. You know, all hours of the night. You know, I can be just as busy on a weekend as during the week. Yeah. If you're helping people, you know, it makes it a lot easier to get out of bed at two o'clock in the morning. When oh, it's like, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. You know, I know this family and I'm going to do what I can to help
1: them out. Right. So are you, um, I mean, like, do you do, like, the makeup and the hair? I mean, and all that kind of stuff? Yes, I do. I don't do all the hair, but I do some. Okay. Uh-huh. I just, I, like, I didn't know if people come in or, you, you know what I mean? Sometimes,
2: like, yes. If they have a hairdresser that they use, then we try to use them. To work,
1: to kind of fix it the right. way that they...
2: Uh-huh.
1: Hmm. Okay. Yes. That's kind of cool. Yeah.
0: I, I And I don't want this to sound creepy or weird, but do you... <laughs> do you do you pay attention to those details to people a lot more now that you're doing this because i do because like when you say that i think that's really cool that you say that but i started kind of going through my head of some of the people i work with or stuff and part <laughs> of it's just me and my personality i don't i couldn't tell you who wears bright lipstick or who and i wears think part ba- of that's being a guy too I, i'm sure I, 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 I mean
1: like i you know partially <laughs> yes.
0: But yes. I, so so you do pay attention. You a little do bit pay more.
2: attention, and part of my schooling was learning facial features and oh, really? how to measure. You know if a part is missing, how to kind of you know guide how this person looked and different measurements for different facial features. Oh, and that's so you know that kind of gets you to study it a little bit more.
0: Okay, and um, I think that. It, <laughs> on the other side too when you talk about um you know all that goes into what you have to do when you look at the event how how traditional are people still today i mean is it still a pretty traditional funeral service or have have things changed since you've been involved
2: things are changing i started working for a funeral home when let's see it was 2001 and since then you know uh churches aren't as strong Mm -hmm. you know just in almost 20 years church membership has probably declined a huge percentage
1: and i'm sure you probably see that just for the fact of you know like where um you know like the funeral i guess the actual funeral is taking place right i mean because a lot of times traditionally it's been maybe in a church but it may not be as much now right yeah Yeah.
2: that's changed a lot cremation is a lot more popular than what it used to be you know and you would think in a small town that you know you'd be more traditional but it's not it's not that way
1: yeah
0: and i will ask you this um with when we talk about uh the when we talk about the idea of cremation versus normal burial um, what, what is that percentage of the difference of people who choose traditional burial versus cremation Because personally, and my wife is totally disagrees <laughs> yeah, this is with me. Um, I, I, per- if you
1: die first, I really don't know what I'm
0: going to do. Well, I, I'm putting it on record right now. And I, I
1: know you should,
0: I I, 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 I want to be cremated. I do not like the, and as much as cremation freaks her out. Yeah. The idea of just laying in a box to me freaks me out so, And
2: really to each their own that's, i know that's I know. the yeah. thing about it you yeah. know you can do what you want and she can do what she wants yeah it just
0: so how is it almost is it balanced is it still way more traditional where where is it kind of at
2: there is more traditional cremation has really uh been the popular choice these days and it's growing in popularity. And before, a lot, some of your churches, not a lot, but some of your churches were against cremation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now, present day, some of the churches are lifting their bans on cremation. And so that's opened the door for it mm-hmm. to be more accepted. And, uh, you know, cremation is, is still a form of disposition. You know, you ashes to ashes, dust to dust. Right. Yeah. You know, you're just accelerating the process.
1: Hmm. Which
0: is what that's what I like. I, I just like I said, I and I don't know why. Yeah. Um. But it does. It bothers and me I, more. And of, I.
1: Yeah. I mean, like, and I know, obviously, and we've talked about it. And I'm like, I, I get that. Like, just obviously, the thought of sitting in a box forever. I mean, is like your body. I mean, I know it's crazy, but I'm like, I don't know. Like going in a fire and burning, and you being ashes <laughs> to me is crazy. I mean, like I don't right. I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> and then.
2: And you should make it known, you know, whatever you, you want to do, right? Tell someone.
1: Yeah,
0: I, yeah. I want you to put me in a coffee can and carry me around all
1: the time. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> And uh, if you remarry, if I die early, I want to sit right in the middle of the bed at all times.
1: Oh gosh, <laughs> oh, out of control. Uh,
0: but you also started something several years ago, and I, I'm, I guess I should ask before and if you're still doing. it But it was, you know, pet. Um, memorials and things I am is that something that you're still involved with I
2: am still involved with that you know there's a need for it people treat their you know their pets like family absolutely and so I'm kind of the go-between person for somebody losing a pet and getting the cremation or burial taken care of because we're in a rural area and a lot of people just want to bury their pet out on their farm yeah oh yeah and, it,
0: and it's I, I think that's nice, too, just for the simple fact that, you know, I I can remember when I was a kid and I lost some pets and you re- never really knew what the right way was to go about, you know, burying your pet or, right. or, or, or kind of taking care of that. And I think that's a really cool thing to be able to to do, because you're right. I mean, we've got a dog and our dog is part of our family i right. mean I, it would be uh, pretty traumatic if something happened to him
2: yes i've had all my dogs cremated and cats yeah you know i just figure one day they'll just all go with me whenever it's my time
0: that's yeah. awesome yeah now to talk about your role as deputy coroner how did you get involved in that part of it and, and what all does that entail
2: Well, I've always been associated with the coroner's office through being a funeral director. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of times we have to get families from their care to into our care. And I was approached by the coroner to see if I'd be interested in being a part of their team. And so I went through the training and got my certification as a medical legal death investigator.
1: So, So what does that entail versus like the coroner and you being the deputy coroner? What is kind of the difference?
2: Well, he's the chief and I'm the...
1: You're kind of the... So like <laughs> yeah. if some. So, like, if somebody uh, passes away, you know, or whatever, I guess, like, you are able to go and, yes. and say that, you know they are legally dead or, or whatever right, it may be correct okay so he just has other people so he doesn't have to go to every single exactly in the county it's sure. by county correct yes it's county
2: wide right. and so there's a team of us that okay. are trained to go out to different situations and can okay. help him out and
1: okay
0: and and, and i'm going to kind of connect this because i do know that you're a a true crime fan as well which is something I we're going to get into does that just accelerate the true crime in you because it does my poor you husband that gets
2: so tired of it all he's an yeah. engineer and okay. so we are completely different mindsets and so i know he's always like oh it's friday night so
1: 2020's on yeah saturday's Dateline. yeah, date yeah. <laughs> not another oh my that's too funny because i like we do enjoy that kind of stuff for sure uh-huh.
0: yeah that's why i always joke that you know i i feel like i have to keep up with her because i'll come home like if i'm at the races on a saturday night and come home late you know at midnight or one and dateline's on repeat i feel like she's gotten an advantage on me that there may be a way a plot to <laughs> take, take me out i haven't <laughs> caught up with but but you know so obviously you have some knowledge that even the you know the common person may not have and how these investigations are supposed to be run sure. the correct way and things like that yes um So let's let's dive into that just a little bit. What are some of your favorite, you know, whether it's true crime podcasts or documentary series or things? what, What are some things that have really caught your attention?
2: Well, podcast wise, I really enjoy my favorite murders. My favorite. Uh, I've been listening to Crime Junkie, and she's from Indianapolis, uh-huh. so yes. that's really cool. Right. And then there's one called Corner Talk, and I've been listening to that lately. Oh, interesting.
0: Did you get into because kind of the the big boom of uh, of podcasts and true crime? was the original Serial. Did you ever get into the original Serial, you the know, Anansi Ed case? I
2: have not listened to Serial yet. I have it on my list. I'd yeah. like to. But, you know, there's just continuously so many other things yeah. to listen to.
0: So are there any others there that you... Because I, I'm a crime junkie person as well. And, and actually, unfortunately, I reached out to her... Uh, through an email to try and get her to come on, but Uh she's working a deal right now and and can't do any interviews. Uh Um, But I love their show. Um, But are there any that that you've listened to that just kind of blow your mind on the cases and things like that?
2: Well, you know, not really, because even though I'm in a rural area, there's crazy stuff that happens everywhere. Yeah. You know, you don't have to be in a big city. And, you know it's it's interesting
1: did you have something no oh.
2: no, <laughs> no I'm just I'm processing
1: it I'm <laughs> like I'm Why like I'm sure that it is crazy <laughs> and, and I'm know, sure she has story you have stories that sure. you could tell for you know like I don't know
2: <laughs> and even just the families we serve you yeah. know you, you meet very interesting people yeah and you know we've had hollywood producers and filmmakers whose families we've served and right. it's just interesting because their loved one has died and they want to be buried where their great grandparents have been buried so oh, even okay. though people have been removed from our area for so right. long you
1: know. well i guess that's true because i mean obviously so i mean like usually they'll have the funeral Uh, Or the viewing, you know, whatever kind of process they go through is probably going to be close to where they're going to actually be buried Uh for the most part. So, I mean, like, like you said, even if they've been gone for a while, they may, you know, well, they were originally from, you know, Mitchell or wherever. Right. To where they would, they would contact you. So, that's, that's interesting. It is. So, I'm sure you get to meet, like, a lot of people. You do. I mean, obviously, I know you probably know a lot of them, too. But you I mean getting to meet like their some of their families and members yes. of their families and stuff right
0: and you're also and I think this is an interesting thing um, because I think stereotypically people wouldn't connect this but I, I know that at the funeral home you've worked in it's kind of been a tradition there of those those that have worked there but you're very community involved as well and when I say stereotypical I think when people think of you know the morticians and you know the the idea of Kind of being withdrawn and not involved, but you have been right. very, very involved and out in the community.
2: Yes, I have been. And and
0: why is that so important to you, that side of it as well?
2: Well, I'm hoping that, you know, the more people I meet, you know, will choose our services. Right. That they know, you know, my name. And also it's it's nice to help out and, you know, it's a lot easier to make a difference in your community than it is to worry about national or global issues, oh you yeah, know, if you want to make a difference, just start in your neighborhood That's, no, no. that is
0: so so true it's, yeah, and so much so so often people are at home worried about what's going on on the national news or right. on the global scale, and they miss what the opportunities are right there in front of their face sure. to make a difference so no. and you know so obviously, like i said the the, the funeral business multi tiered because it is a business, you still have to run a business yeah, it is. um. What part did you think was the most difficult in taking on the role? What 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 did you have to really work with to be, be proficient at?
2: I'd say the funeral director side. I spent the majority of my career starting out uh, working on embalming uh-huh. and not so much the funeral side of the business. I was in a larger city for a while, and so I was able to kind of stick to what I knew best and work on that Mm -hmm. and
1: uh, so do you own like do you have your I mean you have your own funeral home yes is I mean like is um I mean is there multiple of you or is it just you
2: my brother is my business partner he's also a funeral director okay and then there is a couple that we are buying the funeral home with okay and they're a part of it
1: okay I do that's what I just didn't know obviously I mean you may have already known that but I didn't know if if you know who all was involved <laughs> yeah
2: my brother was a school teacher okay. and uh he was getting tired of it and thinking he was a junior high teacher okay. and so I said well you know come see what you think and this really? might be for you and we had the opportunity available to purchase the funeral homes and so it worked out awesome
1: okay
0: and I, I you said earlier that your schedule is obviously crazy. You never know really when you're gonna work. Knowing that you're also a wife and a mom and a, and a very dedicated mom, how do you try and plan that schedule? What, what, how do you try and control it the best you can?
2: The best I can, it, it varies. Yeah, you know, every week's different. Uh, luckily, my husband is more of the set schedule. And mm-hmm. while he works a lot, we still know when he's probably going to be home. And yeah. the, other than that, a good support system. You know, people I can just throw my child to <laughs> yeah. last minute I'm not if sure. I need to. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, it, it can be tough sometimes, but it seems to always work out. And, you know, it's different because my family does not come first. And I hate to be that way. And I don't mean it the way it sounds, but yeah. the families I'm serving are... Or who come first and you know well I mean
1: and obviously uh, I mean even if it's a a you know a death that is I don't want to say like expected but I mean it's I mean I don't know you you know that it's kind of coming type of a thing Uh, I mean like more of a
0: relief you know someone's out of pain or something yeah
1: I mean like but it's still you know it is it's a big thing for that family to do so I mean like obviously if you they would call you up and you'd be like sorry I'll be there in like three hours I mean like emotionally like I'm sure they're already you know in right you know panic like craziness you know I mean like so I mean I I I get the fact of you saying you know your family has to almost come second or you've got to you know do other things like you've got to go to that family yeah you know and and you know do what they need you to I guess
2: and that's the thing about a small town is, you know, if you're in a larger city, you have a more regulated schedule and mm-hmm. it's easier. But, you know, and you're in a small town when they're calling your personal cell phone yeah. because yeah. they know you. right You know, it's hard to be like, sorry. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Fine.
1: Yeah. <laughs> call, call monday
2: morning at yeah. eight o'clock, at eight o'clock yeah. right that's not the way it works yeah and i'm okay you know you it's a lifestyle yeah. that you learn how to adjust to
1: yeah i'm sure
0: and on the uh on the the, the side of embalming and, and preparing the bodies how long does it typically take from the time that you you take in a a body or, or a loved one and having them prepared and ready
2: it can take anywhere from hour and a half to six hours. It really just Depending depends on what's happened. Sure. Hmm.
0: That's that's and I, I will tell you, I think one of the things that I have noticed um, in the funeral industry in the last several years, and it's interesting you brought up earlier noticing what people wear. I feel like when I was a child, and maybe it was just you know being a child but i felt like when i would have to go to funerals with my parents that everybody looked so fake like i mean just so uh-huh. over the top cosmetics and things like that. Uh-huh. today i think they look so much more natural sure. and and well done so i think it's really really interesting to hear you say how much you pay attention to those things as well yeah
2: and i th- i think it was always a man's profession oh, thought, yeah and honestly, I feel like more women in the business, yeah. you know, because I had to teach my brother how to cosmetize. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just not something, you know, yeah. that is easy to do. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. What kind of um, schooling goes into being a funeral director?
2: It is an associate degree. Okay. I went to an actual mortuary school owned right. by a fluid company and a okay. bombing fluid company. But so mine was eighteen months, which was a little bit more of the accelerated vocational okay. type. There's Vincennes that offers it, Ivy Tech, and numerous online schools. And so I mean, which, like,
0: one, which one did you go to?
2: I went to Mid America College of Funeral Service in Jefferson. I was going to say that oh, okay. that's
0: the big one that I know a lot of yes. our our students have gone okay. on to as well.
2: Right, which I knew that's what I wanted to do, and so I was ready just to jump in and yeah, and get going. And I
1: mean, like they teach. I mean obviously teach you all the you know the embalming part like all of that kind of part you have to I mean do you have to take classes basically like in order to dealing with the people part of it I mean like do you do or is that just something that it's like you got to kind of figure it out
2: yeah you know it it just goes with everything like you get your school books you do your homework but you most of what you know comes from just being on the job yeah
1: I, I can see that yeah sure yeah
0: and then, you know, what the price range of funerals and things. Obviously, you can spend... And caskets. <laughs> yeah. As much as you want. But what is some of that range? Because I know that... I forget when we were talking to the uh, funeral director here in town, and one of the caskets he was talking about that was handmade uh, overseas, and it was like $52,000 or something in, insane like that. Yeah. So Yeah. I mean is that stuff out there to It to... is
2: out there sure and you know this goes back to like weddings you can oh, yeah. spend just as you know little as you want on a wedding or you can go just as extravagant and the same is when you know somebody passes away you yeah you can do the minimum or you can go all out you know as much as you want to
0: yeah and then is there i mean i'm sure there there are state laws and regulations on what that minimum is what is the minimum that you have to provide
2: the minimum would be an immediate burial or cremation okay
0: yes and or
2: and, donation you can do donate your body to science uh, you know okay. that's pretty minimal
0: and then, I mean, like it, it, as far as a casket, is there a minimal? I know you always, you know, we always talk about the old wood box that we saw in the, you know, eighteen hundreds and things like that. Is yes. there a minimum standard for that as well?
2: There is. Yep. There's a minimum wood, you know, uh, like kind of just fiberboard, basic... basic casket, all the way up to your fancy hand carved wood yeah. or copper, gold. You know, Michael Jackson type caskets <laughs> so you, you can oh, go man. all over yeah
0: that's amazing yeah that's i'm a, sure
1: i like i i obviously i mean like obviously i've never i haven't had to deal with that like purse you know going and planning you know because none of like mm-hmm. parents are that close you know obviously grandparents and stuff have passed but i've right. never been in the process so i wouldn't even i'm sure that it's crazy <laughs> some of those caskets that you could find sure
0: and then the other thing I, I'm interested in is um, when you when you have that family that is coming in. Do you ever have a situation where maybe they're asking for something, and in the back of your head you think? It may not be the best thing for them, whether it's emotionally or something. Do you try to steer them away from some of those decisions?
2: We do. We are the funeral director. So we try to do our best to direct them, you know, where they need to be. Uh, Times are a lot different. Long time ago, families would pretty much let you guide them into and do what you recommended anymore families have their own ideas of what they want to personalize their services which is fine it's just different how it used to be it was
0: probably a pretty standard script and set up right
2: yes and what are
0: some of the most um you know not, not to get into certain families but what are some of the most interesting things that you have seen that people have used to personalize a service that you thought went well that were, were something that was you know a nice touch
2: Well, the most interesting, I'd have to say, would just be the different religions and then all their different customs. You know, I've I've served uh, Hindus and uh, monks and I've also had gypsy families. And so that's the most interesting is just the different cultures and how different that can be.
0: And isn't it amazing? And I know you talked earlier about Hollywood producers and and those things you've, you've served as well. Isn't it amazing that even in a small town, there is that diversity that people don't realize that is even there?
2: Yes. I get really upset when people slam small towns because we have just as much to offer.
0: And, you know, I'm going to ask you this. When when you look back now, and I, I know the answer to this, but I'm still going to ask it. When you look back now, would you could you see yourself doing anything else?
2: No, I'm very happy with what I chose. Uh, One thing about the funeral service is, you know, there's a lot of things people wouldn't think about. You know, you can go on to working for organ procurement companies, or you could work as a salesman for casket companies and and embalming fluid companies. Or you could do more of the law enforcement side and do coroner and get into forensics, but you have that background in the funeral service. So there's a lot you can do with it.
0: And that's interesting because I didn't even realize all of those different things you could go on and do with it. So there are a lot of options. And, um, do you ever see yourself getting more involved in any of those other options?
2: Well, I'm enjoying being on the, uh, County corner team. And that's been a, a good change for me. And other than that, I'm just, trying to raise my family and keep my business going until time for retirement <laughs>
0: <laughs> which always seems way too far it's away way
2: too far
0: um so uh, I, when you when you sit down and you think um you know and, and this may not be a fair question for you but you can answer it as general when you think about your service at the end of time is like you said it's something you need to think about Uh and you need to plan for do you see yourself wanting something very simple or something you know a little more in depth because of your knowledge with it or is it like you know I always used to joke that whenever you work at like a pizza place you come home and you never want to eat pizza because you've made it all day so is it something where you're like i want to be i want something very simple and move on or is it something where you're like okay i know the ins and outs here i want to make this something pretty special
2: yeah i feel like i'm in the middle of things you know i'm going i've chose to go more the traditional way if something does happen to me as soon as my child was born we went out and bought burial spaces in case something was to happen and we'd be prepared and so i think that's where i'm leaning towards but nothing too extravagant but i would like to have a traditional celebration
1: yeah
0: and i think that's the the thing that i i think i want people to remember is i i always enjoy it when it is a celebration of life not you know and obviously it's still a track it's still a tough time and things but when it goes in that it can be something very positive right to come out of that life
2: and i can promise you being a funeral director i value life so so much more than what the general public probably values I'm, life. I'm sure
1: you do because i mean obviously you see the other side of it on a day to day basis right you know wow
2: yeah it makes you enjoy the small things and yeah and not sweat the small not stuff. sweat the small the, right. real,
1: the small things that that don't matter as much I guess yes yeah
0: and you talked earlier you know your husband being a an engineer does is it tough for him to understand I know he's very supportive of you obviously but is it tough for him to understand your career because it deals so much more with people and and interacting with people
2: yes it's really funny how different we are because when we first started dating you know he'd be like well can you know we go on a date this night and I just be like well I don't know yeah you know, we'll just have to see what it, happens yeah. he probably yeah. thought you weren't
0: that interested right. because it's kind <laughs> yeah. of so like I don't know and he's <laughs> just a
2: very regulated scheduled person uh-huh. like he goes to bed at, you know when 10 o'clock comes it's time to go to bed and you know he's just a very routine person and so I've kind of shaken his world yeah up but yeah. in the other side of it he's kind of like scheduled my life a little bit yeah. more and <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's interesting. Yes. I'm sure that's true.
0: Yeah, I, It's got to be because I know some of the engineers I know and I'm friends with, that, that's exactly them yeah. to a T. It's like, you know, this is exactly my day. I've got an hour and a half here. We can talk here. Uh-huh. We can do this. And it's so scripted yeah. and, and regulated that uh-huh. it, it is. So I was curious how that's kind of worked for you guys.
2: Yeah, he had to learn to deal with it for sure. But now he's he he's gold
1: probably goes with the flow a lot more than he originally does
2: (laughs) or like if we go out to eat somewhere i'll be like well i gotta go talk to every single person in this room you know and he's just like i don't know any of these people (laughs) i just want to go home (laughs) in my role as
0: a high school principal that's how she feels a lot of times when we're when we're in uh the the town that i i'm principal in because if you try and go to walmart she can do all of her shopping and i'll still be on the first aisle that we (laughs) started on and and she's done and trying to catch me back up because i it, it is it's it's tough when you when you work in a people industry you you have to have those relationships and connections
2: you do yeah so
0: um obviously a lot of exciting things going on there for you um let me ask you this to go back to the true crime stuff uh directly why my favorite murderer why is that one connected is you? you went up and actually watched their live show as I well did. so why is that one the one that's connected with you
2: the comedy yeah the comedy part of it and i like the laugh i laugh a lot mm-hmm. and uh you know they've got the true crime the dark humor and it's you know comedic hmm
0: and uh what was it like seeing them live
2: it was really nice karen kilgariff is just kind of this magical unicorn you know up on the stage she's just a veteran comedian and it was really good mm-hmm. and they covered you know indianapolis area murder so that was interesting okay
0: do you ever catch yourself looking around the state of indiana for maybe unsolved cases or things that that intrigue you
2: I haven't you know there's so much that happens in my own neighborhood <laughs> I that I really don't have to go out searching yeah so that's true
0: <laughs> that is very very true that's that, and that is something we have discussed and we have a case that we are uh we're going to look into from here locally um and you know we've we've talked to the family um and plan on starting that here over the fall and winter and hopefully bringing it out uh next year but uh it you're exactly right, and I think it's amazing when you start looking into some of the cold cases or unsolved mm-hmm. cases, the number that people don't even realize exist. Right. Um, yeah. It was amazing. I, I actually, one of the podcasts I just started listening to is called The Clearing, and it's about a, a, a daughter, um, now a, a woman, um, who always thought her father was off a little bit, Uh-huh. and She had repressed a lot of things in her in her childhood, but she would start to get flashbacks of places they lived because they moved a lot. And she would Google unsolved murder cases in each one. Hmm. And she ended up connecting one and sent it to the police in Wisconsin and said, I think my father was involved in this. And turns out he was. Wow. But then after they caught him there, they ended up finding out that he had committed some other murders in Ohio and was basically a serial killer that had traveled around um the midwest and had she never made that connection Uh and he was actually arrested in louisville which was the interesting thing too but if they had never made that connection
1: there's multiple unsolved cases
0: he'd have lived out his days Uh and it was this daughter that was like okay i have now made this connection so it's actually her going back through um her life and Uh seeing if her memories are accurate Uh and she talks about that like she says I don't know if I'm telling the truth or not. This is just what is in my memory. Right. I want to prove and see if it is. So it's a it's an interesting one, but that was the one I thought about is like these the one murder was like 33 years old. So uh-huh. I mean lifetimes have changed and now they're solving these cases.
2: Yeah, and I think You know, I really don't know how anybody thinks they're going to get away with murder anymore. With the way forensics, yeah, the science, yeah, yeah, you know, they're learning new things every day. The familiar, familial DNA aspect of things is a game changer. Yeah. Oh yeah.
0: And I and I I agree with you. And I think the only way it happens today is human failure. And and that's not a knock on forensic investigators or the police force or anything like that i'm not i'm a huge supporter but i think that's the only way is just like in anything you know your pilot can fail your you know whatever yeah human failure is about the only way today because if the science and the the um the crime scene is documented the right way and the evidence is taken in i don't know how you get away with it anymore either right And that's what amazes me when you go back and you listen to some of these cases in the 60s and 70s. -hmm. It was rampant because they had no, unless they caught you red-handed, you pretty much were good to go. You
2: were. Well, the agencies didn't work together like they do today. Things are just so much different.
0: Yeah, Yeah. you you know, that was the one in the Wisconsin case because they talked about um, the state had investigated and the local county sheriff but their files weren't digital they were all handwritten yeah Yeah. Uh and the one investigator said the way we shared information is we'd stop and have a cup of coffee with them Uh and said we didn't remember we never gave each other reports we just say hey i talked to so and so they were cleared Uh so you're exactly right the you know the ability to actually work together and communicate things and find things i i don't know how people would ever get away with it today either
1: no yeah so keep that in mind well the good news
0: is people will keep trying no matter what well, I we mean, know
2: you're not gonna do anything because you don't want him in a box on I, your bed that's right yeah. that's right
0: yeah. you can slide me underneath next to the shoes or something uh, so uh
2: <laughs>
0: but you know and that is i mean the thing is people will continue to try it because they think they're smarter and and i also find it amazing i think people you know when they watch the shows like when csi was huge or law and order or uh-huh. whatever it may be they they think that a a crime can be solved in an hour um <laughs> and b they think what they see there is accurate but in my opinion obviously it's not accurate all the time but Their ability to do, they can do way more than what we even see on TV. Oh, yeah. Right.
1: Absolutely. Obviously, they're not showing us everything.
0: (laughs) No. I mean, like, really. And my favorite thing is always I tell Callie whenever we're watching one of those shows if they arrest somebody in the first 10 minutes, you know that's not the right person because there's 50 more minutes left to go. Right. It's
2: not going to work out that way.
1: (laughs) Yeah. They're
0: they're not going to arrest this guy in the first 10 minutes and it'd be correct. Right. (laughs) So, you know, with with your business, with everything you're doing, um, obviously, I want to tell you, I think you're a a huge community asset um, there in Mitchell, Indiana. And I I don't make it back much, but I honestly do think that, you know, like every small town, um, Mitchell has its struggles. Sure. But... I think that there is a ton of caring people, and I see more going on in that small town than in a lot of places. And it's it's really cool to be from there, but now transplanted somewhere else, but be able to see all the things that people like you are working for down there.
2: Well, thank you. you know, I was not planning on ever coming back to Mitchell, and mm-hmm. the opportunity presented itself. And so it's worked out very well for me, and I'm happy to be back serving people that i know and have right grown up knowing and
1: it's been nice yeah well i mean obviously and i mean like i praise you for what you do because number one there's no way that i could ever do that um and i mean like it take obviously i mean every we need all kinds of people to you know do all kinds of things i mean i know people tell me i don't know how you're ever a high school teacher right yeah i mean like it's kind of the same thing it's like we do what we're you know meant to do or good at or whatever it is everybody has their thing exactly and so like my hats off to you because like I said the there is no way that I could do like the really any part of it I guess Uh like because I don't even like doing the viewing part of it whenever I just have to walk in Uh well yeah (laughs) I
2: couldn't be a teacher yeah so (laughs) so, I mean
1: like so I do appreciate what you do because obviously it is a a job that's definitely needed and Uh and that kind of thing so
2: well everybody has their thing yeah. you just gotta find you know what, what interests you and you know i never would have thought that you know embalming would be my art when i was what? in high school or yeah. anything like that who thinks that but i found something interested and i went for it yeah and it worked
1: out yeah i mean and not i mean like not be you know ashamed or or nervous i guess to do something like that so no
0: and- what else had you considered in high school? Because uh-huh. I guess, as far as I remember, you you always had, were interested in. I was side of the thing so I
2: thought about computer programming because I was part of the first programming class at Mitchell with visual basic oh yeah and uh then I thought about pathology not forensic pathology but just a lab pathologist examining tissue so Mm -hmm. it's all kind of worked its way back around together because now you know I'm working with a forensic pathologist on the regular and Uh um so I'm it's all all come right back
0: around to where it is and and I think it's interesting like you started with you know that that science classes are really what always you know intrigued you and I um, Mm -hmm. you know that obviously that wasn't the case for me whatsoever so I don't know that um, it was
1: any classes probably intrigued you
0: that's not true (laughs) sociology that's the reason why I'm a teacher is sociology Um,
1: well what would you advice would you give you know like a high school student Or, I mean, like even somebody outside of high school, Uh Yeah, I mean, that was possibly interested. Like, what would be your advice to kind of say, you know, this may or may not be what I want to do?
2: For a high school student, I would say vocational saved my life. Uh If I hadn't of went to vocational, I don't think I'd be where i am today it gave me the opportunity and it put me where i needed to be and the connections i needed to get where i wanted to be right and someone who's not in high school you know the the older you get every year you grow you figure
1: out what you like what you don't like you know and i'm sure you know getting into a funeral home you know and just kind of shadowing or you know just I mean like working there and kind of figuring out the ins and outs to figure out yes I do enjoy this or this Uh is something that I want to maybe take further versus now maybe this isn't for me right I mean I I think I think to me that your type of a job is something that going and having experience with it you know I mean like just like I said shadowing of some sort you know just being there
2: and when I told my parents I first wanted to do this, they, you know, thought I was nuts. They're like, oh, no, what is wrong with our
1: daughter? You know, why did she have to pick this? And now your brother does it, too, right? My, yeah.
2: My parents are always like, we never thought our two kids would be the local undertakers. And yeah. it's like, well, you know, we, we didn't either. Yeah. Um, well, you know, I just, to be? <laughs> you got to have that motivation to yeah. go out. And, you know, I spent numerous hours just sitting in a chair waiting for that moment for them to be like, OK, we'll let you do this yeah you know you just gotta yeah. you gotta push and get motivation and for whatever you want to do yeah
0: yeah and, and i you know it, it's funny to hear you say that because it is it is still a an industry that is so important yeah that we you know we all at some point need um but it's still stigmatized a little bit in it the is. idea that and that's what i said earlier kind of the stereotypical view um, but when I think back to, to Gary Pruitt working in our, our hometown, he was like the anti opposite of what you would stereotypically think of an undertaker or mortician. He was always over the top and, mm-hmm. and crazy. So, um, it, so again, I think there is still a stigma there. Would you agree with that?
2: Yes, there, there is very much so.
0: And, and is there a stigma, especially for women entering? Obviously you said it uh, before it had been much more of a man's you know yes. career do you see a lot more women getting involved now
2: yes things are completely different than they used to be yeah. you know but you know every woman's experienced it you know and you just gotta once again push through and yeah. show your motivation and just show that you can do everything else that everybody else is yeah is doing yeah
0: and i i find that interesting as you you brought up a lot of good points and as i i think about it now um it's interesting to me that, that that industry was always stigmatized more towards men because it naturally seems like an industry that would have fit females in the sense sure. of, you know, you talked about the cosmetics that go yeah. into it, the preparation the of dressing, the bodies, yeah right. the dressing, the, and the even details. the care. You know, yeah. the care and understanding, you would naturally think that would lead to that. So it's, a, uh-huh. it's surprising to me, um, which I'm sure if you look back at history, a lot of funeral homes were were owned by you know a family and it was one funeral director that ran it Mm -hmm. and um you know when you go back 100 years ago women didn't have a whole lot of opportunities to own businesses so that's where it probably came from sure
2: yeah Yeah.
0: and so well we are at almost an hour we're at 52 minutes um i do want to give you the chance for uh people who may be listening you know to kind of you know talk about the services you offer and what you guys can do and um if people want to get in contact with you in the funeral home how they can do so
2: okay well we have a website com, and we have our own crematory now and so anybody in our lawrence county area we'd be happy to serve your family
0: yeah and What are the regulations on the crematory of putting in your own crematory? Surprisingly,
2: not very much for Indiana. Some states like New York and New Jersey, it's impossible to put in a brand new crematory, which is kind of why we did it when we did it. Because we thought now's the time. If laws are going to change. Right. So we had the facility to do it in and uh, we started working on it when i was way pregnant and (laughs) then it went in when ellis was born and so it's kind of a fun thing to remember was you
1: know you can kind of always keep the you know we've had it for x amount of years right
0: (laughs) yeah well and i i know that the town that i work in one of the funeral homes there put in a new crematory and there was a huge issue with the city the city really didn't have any regulations either but basically they came back on him and said you didn't tell us this is what you were doing uh-huh. and, but they did they said we're building a crematory uh-huh. i just don't think the the city looked into what
1: a crematory was. Well, yeah, basically. <laughs> like I mean, I, that word
2: yeah. meant. <laughs> We've tried to be a hundred percent transparent. Before we did it, we talked to, you know, city council zoning, we talked to our neighbors. Yeah. To make yeah. sure they were you know, we just tried to be upfront about it to begin with, to You know, so hopefully there wouldn't have been any issues. And I think our families are are happy that we did it because now we can say your loved one does not leave our care. You know, we handle everything.
0: And before you had to take them somewhere else.
2: To a different, somebody that had a crematory. Was
0: there another one there in the county or are you the only one in Lawrence County?
1: There is one other in the county. Okay. Okay. Wow.
0: So it does offer a a whole nother. And
1: I'm sure that makes them feel better i mean you know i mean like that they obviously they came to you for a reason so i mean now you guys are the one that are taking care of their loved one for you know that entire time so
0: well and elizabeth i will tell you this again it it totally um just interests me what you do and it's and it's why we kind of started the podcast and why we do uh, the things we do, because I love talking to people that do things I know I can't. Yeah. And, and I, I know I couldn't do yeah. that. <laughs> me neither. Um And that's what is so intriguing to me, um, is to get to uh, sit down and talk to people that are passionate about what they do, what they're excited about, and that they're very talented in what they do. And like you said earlier, everybody has their, their thing they fit. Sure. And I definitely think you have found yours. And uh, yeah. um, it's really cool to get to see what you're doing and what you're doing in that small town. And it makes me very proud to be from there and to be able to call you my friend as well.
2: Well, thank you so much. Appreciate yeah. that.
0: And we appreciate making you the tr- making the trip up to come and see us. And uh, this episode uh, will come out here in a couple weeks, uh, or in a week. And next then week, yeah. um, next week, we will be interviewing uh, Matthew Nicholson, um, who is a candidate for Seymour Mayor. Mm-hmm. Um, and going to kind of talk about his platform and what he's running on and what's important to him. So, Join us for that and everybody have a great week and we will see you back next week.